It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, Maybe there might not be a more important Aggie coming into the 2020 season than wide receiver Jamon Osbin. Not only will he have the chance to better his stock because of some recent names dropping out of the 2020 season, but with a major injury coming to a veteran player, it only makes his value that much higher for Texas A&M. Before we begin, as always, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this show a more quality, well-sounded podcast, I'm always willing to take into consideration. And guess what? We are back five days a week now here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Five shows every single day is now a Locked On Podcast day. So secondly, subscribe to Locked On Aggies. Locked On Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man related content found on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify. If you don't want to do any of that, at least listen live here on LockedOnPodcast.com. So again, Jamon Osmond might be the most valuable Texas A&M player going into 2020. And a lot of people are going to be wondering, well, why would it not be Kellen Mond? The quarterback who is supposed to break out this year, you know, all you've done the past couple of weeks is talk about Kellen Mond. Talk about Kellen Mond. You had Mark Schofield from Touchdown Wire on the show yesterday to talk about Kellen Mond and Kyle Trask. So what makes him that much more valuable for Osmond? Well, simple. And we'll just go through it real fast. Some of these podcasts are recorded days in advance due to scheduling conflicts. And Schofield, actually, his interview was recorded before the news of Cameron Buckley being injured. This is why it plays a much more promising role for Osmond going into this year. So for anyone who does not know, Cameron Buckley, who was supposed to take over as one of the big-time players in a... I wouldn't say depleted wide receiver core, but a weakened wide receiver core, uh, specifically in the slot, will miss the season with a knee injury, actually under more circumstances, uh, a torn ACL. Uh, He suffered it in Wednesday's practice. They confirmed it Thursday. Um, Buckley kind of only saw limited snaps throughout his career. He never really has been an impactful receiver last season. He played in only seven games, 11 catches for 121 yards, but he has shown potential because in his first year, he had 17 catches for 282 yards with three touchdowns, and in his sophomore year, he had 34 catches for 474 yards and one touchdown. Now again, you look at his career numbers, 62 catches, 877 yards, four touchdowns. For a guy who is a senior rising up, trying to make his name well-known on the roster, those probably aren't good numbers, but when you look at a utility player, which is what Buckley has been for this offense in both Kevin Sumlin and in Jimbo Fisher's time, more specifically in Kevin Sumlin's time, he is a valuable asset. So when you look at what was lost this past offseason with Osmond, you know, now taking over as the true number one, because Courtney Davis decided to go to the NFL, he was your more so do-it-all playmaker. He can line up in the slot. He can line up at the Z position. And you lose your split end, your X receiver, and Kendrick Rogers. You want that veteran mentality. 
And when you look at the wide receiver core going into 2020, there's not that many receivers that immediately stand out and go, oh, yep, they're immediately a star. They're 100% going to be effective in their first year. Because a lot of them, this really is their first year. Naturally, you're going to have a guy like Demond Demas really step up as that former top 25 prospect, five-star recruit, six foot three, likely going to take over for Kendrick Rogers' role. But then let's look at this. Jamon Osmond, he led the team last year with 66 catches for 872 yards, five touchdowns. The next two in line, Courtney Davis, Jalen Weidemeyer. Weidemeyer, you have to keep in mind, is also going to be splitting reps with Baylor Cup. And no, that does not mean that he's not going to be effective as a six foot four powerhouse option across the middle of the field, especially on, on I would say, 15-yard go routes. That's where he really made his bread and butter last year. I mean, he led the Aggies with six touchdowns on the year. But Baylor Cup, he was one of the crown jewels of the 2019 recruiting class. I mean, you had Kenyon Green from Atascacita, who was a great offensive tackle. He's playing guard. And you had Marvin Leal. Outside of that, it was really Baylor Cup. So they're going to expand his role as well. So could Weidemeyer have, again, another 32 catches? Absolutely. But it doesn't guarantee he's going to. I'd value Kendrick Rogers. He's now trying to find NFL work. He's already cut from the Dallas Cowboys. You have Isaiah Spiller and Aniah Smith. Smith was a wide receiver last year. He's now going to be playing that running back role as opposite of Spiller. They really liked what they saw from him in the Texas Bowl game, so he's going to stay in that backfield. You're going to have him and Spiller splitting carries along with DeAndre Jackson, Devin Acne. That's going to be it. So Buckley came in seventh of that list. So on this list right now, you have two running backs, you have Osmond, and you have a tight end. The tight end is going to have to be splitting carry, splitting reps with another top-level tight end. And more importantly, you have two running backs who are going to see those numbers deplete because of Smith had 22 catches, Spiller had 29 catches. One was from the wide receiver role, the other was from the running back role. Now that's going to be split. You look at the rest of the roster. Jay Sean Corbin, he transferred. He only had six catches on the year. Jacob Cabote, he transferred. He had six catches on the year. Glenn Beal, blocking tight end, five catches. Jalen Preston, maybe he bounces up. Maybe because of all these injuries and because of people leaving, he gets a bigger role. But he only finished last year with three catches. Then you have Rashad Paul. He's gone, one catch. Cordarian Richardson, he's gone, one catch. Kagan Baltree, you know, he's at fullback. He's playing the very similar role to what Colin Gaspilia played. He's gone. Caleb Chapman, you're waiting for him to break out. One catch. Again, it's not that I'm saying that the Aggies wide receiver core is immediately complete trash. Because it's not. There's so much potential. But that's just it. Potential. I mean, you have a four-star recruit in Dylan Wright who's yet to step foot on the field. Maybe this is his time to break out and play that bigger role. I mean, he's coming at six foot four. Maybe you have him and Demas play on the outside. And then you have Osmond in the slot. You can find ways to make this work. And again... This was a four-star talent. He was the number 12 wide receiver in the nation. And he was number 70 nationally. So expect bigger things from him this year, I would say. Definitely, I'd say expect bigger things from him this year. But you don't have that veteran presence outside of Osmond and outside of Weidemeyer. 
And when you have a tight end that's going to be splitting reps with a guy who people still are considering a much more fluent, a much more well-versed, and a much, much more built-for-today's game. Game-changer. That kind of hurts your stock. So on that alone, that boosts Osbin up to the most important offensive player in my mind. More importantly, what it does is it shows how much the Aggies are going to rely on him this year. I can tell you right now, you are going to see at least two or three guys break out, but Osmond's got to be that X factor. You know what might not be an X factor, but it is a game changer? Finding great auto parts for a reliably low price. But when you go into the store, you got to pay for the service fee and for the mechanic to do minor things you could do just at home. That's why I like to use rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family-owned auto part online service that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. Not only do they have a reliably low selection of prices, they also have every single auto part you could ever find. Keep in mind, Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints had his tailgate stolen off the back of his truck. In less than a week, he went to rockauto.com, went through their impressive catalog, got a new part shipped to him, and installed it himself for a fraction of the price. Go to rockauto.com and type in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts you could ever need. RockAuto.com is the place to be. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, do you love podcasts and do you love your favorite sports teams? If so, listen to a Locked On Podcast. As the season approaches, we now have five days a week. So that's five episodes of Locked On Podcasts a day covering all teams in college football, the NFL, NBA, NHL, and highlighting sports information to get you geared up for fantasy sports this upcoming year. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live on LockedOnPodcast.com. So again, why is Jamon Osmond not just the most important offensive player, but just the most important player for Texas A&M this year? Honestly, I think it's because he has the most to build off of this year. Not build as in, oh, you know, last year was a down year. No, 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 last year was a great year for him. I mean, again... An offense that seemed to never get the engine running. The only thing that you can really complain about Osbin is he had five catch, five touchdown catches. Besides that, he's the only receiver who came even close to reaching the 1,000-yard mark. He's the only receiver with over 55 catches. And he averaged the second most in yards per catch. Weidemeyer led it with 14. He came in second with 13.2. And that was consistency. I mean, because again, you could throw Cordarian Richardson's one catch for 17 yards in there. That doesn't really matter. Everyone else on this list is about a 12 or under. Not even a 12. They're, they're at an 11 or under. So the separation in yards between Osmond, Weidemeyer, and everyone else was ridiculous. But again, in the SEC, it's about what you have in the now. That's always been the case. That's why when you look at Alabama's of the world, when you look at how every single season, how the heck are they back in the college football playoff? Because of what they've done recruiting-wise allows them to be. How you look at what LSU did last year. Oh my God, they won the national title. They were the best offense we've ever seen. Well, look at that team. You had the Heisman Trophy winner in Joe Burrow. You had a first-round wide receiver in Justin Jefferson. 
You have a first-round running back in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You had Damian Lewis, and you had uh, Lloyd Cushenberry go early in the draft to Seattle and Denver, respectively. Thaddeus Moss has been making a name for himself in Washington. So again, it's not shocking when you see how many players on this LSU team are gone. But more importantly, there was one that was remaining, and that's Jamar Chase, who was the Fred Bolitnikoff Award winner last season. And even though he didn't have the most receptions like Jefferson did, he had the most yards in college football. And he was explosive, and he set a new SEC record. So... Why am I bringing him up on a Locked on Aggies podcast? Simple. Because of he was probably the first name people were going to think of when they think of SEC wide receivers. That's not going to happen anymore. And because it's not going to happen anymore, that means Osmond can be the name when people think of Aggies wide receivers. Well, why not? I will tell you, Locked on Aggies fans, it's because Jamar Chase is opting out for the 2020 college football season. As first reported by ESPN's Alex Scarborough on Sunday afternoon, Chase will miss the upcoming year due to COVID-19. He will opt out following the same likes of several other LSU players. This is a big loss for Miles Brennan, who is expected to be the week one starting quarterback for LSU. More importantly, this is just a big loss for LSU. I mean, they're, they're depleted. And the thing is, they're depleted on both sides of the ball. It's not, oh, we have to replace our entire defense. You have to replace pretty much your entire starting lineup when you really think about it. Because Joe Burrow, he's gone. Caleb on Chason's gone. Justin Jefferson's gone. Patrick Queen is gone. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is gone. They had five first round picks, and that's not including guys like Grant Delpick, Christian Fulton, Damian Lewis, Lloyd Cushenberry, Jacob Phillips, Shaquille Charles, Rashad Lawrence, Blake Ferguson, Stephen Sullivan, and Thaddeus Moss, all who were either drafted or signed as a free agent with a team on draft weekend. Everyone had a home by 5 p.m. that Saturday night. But Chase was the X factor last year. And a lot of people will even say, if he would have gone in the draft this year, he would have been the number one wide receiver taken. He would have been over guys like Henry Ruggs. He would have been over guys like Jerry Judy, he'd been over CeeDee Lamb, he'd be over his teammate Justin Jefferson. That's how talented he is. So Chase was that X factor for LSU last year. He's also one of the bigger receivers in the SEC. Outside of him, I would go probably Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell from Alabama. Maybe Seth Williams from uh, Auburn and Jamon Osmond. Those were your five receivers everyone knew in the SEC going into this year. So now you lose Chase, the number one wide receiver, the go-to target, the safety net for Miles Brennan. There's a chance for every single other SEC wide receiver to step up. Now that does include fellow teammate uh, from LSU, Terrace Marshall Jr., who last year finished with 46 catches, 671 yards, and 13 touchdowns, which seems anomical to really anything else when you think about what Jefferson and Chase did. But more importantly, this gives you that consistency factor. And I look at all these receivers going into 2020. You have Seth Williams, who I think can be productive because he's had a year with Bo Nix. And Jamon Osmond, who's been the go-to target 
in College Station since he got there and started working with Kellen Mond. You don't have that in Alabama. Yeah, Mac Jones came in for the last three games of the year. He did good. I mean, he didn't do great. He did good. But, I mean, outside of one game with Jalen Weidemeyer, they really didn't do that much to connect with Mac Jones. So we don't really know what we're going into that year. I mean, think about it. You had the Western Carolina game, which I don't consider because that's just one of those games that you just throw out. Auburn, Weidemeyer had four catches, 98 yards, three touchdowns. He had one catch against Michigan. Smith, he had a touchdown against Michigan. He had five catches against Auburn. I mean, they didn't really do that much to connect where you see that same connection with a guy like Osmond. And more importantly, if the offense goes the way it's supposed to now in Jimbo's system, you're going to have multiple people be successful, but you're going to have that one lone target. And we're going to discuss why Osmond is that one lone target in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, subscribe to the podcast here on LockedOnPodcast.com. Go listen on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. So I look at Jamon Osmond going into the year. And the biggest thing of all is the clutchness factor. Not only is he going to be a veteran leader in a locker room that for the very first time, I feel like, in the entire Jimbo Fisher era, is actually his locker room. These are guys he's handpicked. These are guys he's gone out and recruited. These are players that he has said they are part of our system. Osmond gets to be that guy who gets to sit in a wide receiver locker room and sit in meetings and go, hey, I've been here since he got here. I had to learn two new systems overnight, one from when I was a freshman getting into school, and one immediately the next year when taken over by Fisher. I know what works. I know what doesn't. I've also seen the talent level at this at the quarterback position. I see how these corners react to me. I know what teams are able to defend me. I know what teams struggle in certain pass sets. That alone is only going to help build the production of younger, talented receivers such as Demas, such as Wright, such as I would even go with Caleb Chapman if you really want to throw him into consideration. Osmond now has that ability to say, listen, I know what works, follow my lead, and we'll be a contender in no time. That doesn't include past when he, when he leaves after 2020. He's done. He will be gone after 2020, but the Aggies will still be a contender past it. More importantly, it also shows how much value is at a wide receiver position. How many players do you know consistently are the first check down option for a quarterback? In the NFL, it's usually you always go look for your number one target, but if you see double team, you immediately are looking towards your second or third option. You're not always going to it. Mon last year, if you go back and watch film, almost instinctively, his first read was Osmond. And that just shows more so what kind of trust was there. Now again, these two roomed together as freshmen. They've been up and down as starters throughout their entire time at AM. When they became starters together, they just kind of had that ability. But more importantly, 
in a prove-it year, you want to have that guy that's your go-to weapon. And while Courtney Davis was great, and while Kendrick Rogers had great moments in A&M history, Osmond's always been wide receiver number one. And in a shortened year, where you're playing against SEC opponents week in and week out, and week in and week out, and you don't really have that sectional gain to where, oh yeah, you know, two of my touchdowns of my five came against Texas State. Oh, two of my two of my twelve touchdowns came against Alabama, but four of my twelve touchdowns came against Colorado. Came against Fresno State. Even though Texas A&M will face off against lesser SEC schools. Arkansas. Ole Miss. Probably in a rebuilding year at least. For this year. Maybe Mississippi State you throw in there. You definitely throw Vanderbilt in there. There's still SEC schools. There's still SEC programs that lead the nation in recruiting year in and year out. Year in and year out. There's still talent found at every level. I mean, think about this. Joe Juwan Williams for Vanderbilt was a second round pick on a horrendous Vanderbilt roster. Keyshawn Vaughn was the only top 100 pick from Vanderbilt this past year. And they were the worst team in the SEC. I mean, when you think about all of that, the ability to be an impactful player in one spot is huge. And I look at what Osmond can be for this offense. Not only consistent, but more importantly, a leader. And I'd even go a little bit further than that. The X Factor. This is what keeps A&M consistently in the running. More importantly, as long as he's out on the field, I think you can always feel a little bit more confident in Mond. Last year was a down year, 100%. But again... He always found a rhythm and a consistency with Osbin. You have that in 2020 in a shortened year with no fans or limited fans, depending on where you play. It's probably going to actually play into your factor to help boost your draft stock. So as long as Osbin's out in the field, in my opinion, number two is actually number one when it comes to importance for the Aggies in 2020. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Aggies. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. Tomorrow, running back. What is the deal with that position? More importantly, do you believe what Anaya Smith and Isaiah Spiller said? We're breaking down their press conference, talking a little bit about what they expect for the 2020 season. We'll see you then. And remember, give me all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.